Hey, it's Ray Farrell from TSN and the Ray and Dregs Hockey Podcast. I was going through some stuff and I realized there's another podcast out there, The Hockey Minute. Merle steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! They've slayed the dragon! Really? Another hockey podcast? Another podcast in general? And like, is it a minute long or is it like a full podcast? the first open ice big hit that Scott Stevens has thrown in the series. Paul Correa landed on his back and didn't move. And the fans on their feet because Paul Correa has just come back from the dressing room wow. and onto the bench. Into the zone, Sakura kicked it out, got it back near side Correa. Correa, the fans want one. I really can't get behind this idea. I mean, like, what the hell do you know about hockey? And who is the hockey man? Who? Like, anybody. Anybody know? Gary McSorley to Gretzky! He did it! He did it! The greatest goal scorer in National Hockey League history! Find out. Listen. Check it out. I mean, it's only going to take a minute. It won't take that much time. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to see if this podcast is any good. But do you even know how to skate? And after 22 years, Raymond Mark! Be well, Hockey Minute. Be well, Brandon. Later. All right, joining us now is Andrew Wadden, broadcaster at large, former host of Rink Wide and Sports Saturday, producer of the Sakaris and Price Show. Andrew, man, thanks so much for doing this. How are you? Yeah, I'm great, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no, no problem, man. Thanks for hopping on. So I thought we'd get right into it. We just touched on it real quick before we started the show. But Jimmy VC just claimed by the Vancouver Canucks off the waiver wire. Is this Jim yeah. Benning uh, finally prepping for a trade? Is he doing his homework a little bit? What, like, how do, how do you see this? He must be listening to Drance, right? I mean, <laughs> like, honestly, like, you know, assigning like Jimmy VC was something that they could have done at the start of the season and they probably should have did. And not just Jimmy VC in particular, but like a player that can play in your top nine yeah. that it only costs you 700 grand or whatever he costs. Right. So, yeah, I, I like the move in terms of, you know, sort of your cap construction for the Canucks, but it might be a, a little too late. But also I, I'm of two minds of this. I'm wondering because, you know, when you see the owner tweeting things like, I don't know what's going on with the team, but, you know, like, and it's like almost like false hope. And I'm wondering if, if, if this is, if this is VC's there to help, you know, bolster a playoff run that is kind of impossible. I'm hoping that's not the case. Or is it the other side where, okay, no, now we're going to actually shed some pieces and this is a guy to move in to, you know, fill the hole that Pearson is going to leave when they trade him. Right. So hopefully it's the latter and not, um, you know, them trying to make a run that let's, let's face it is, I don't want to say impossible because it's not impossible, but it would be really, really hard. 
Yeah, I mean, even after the Canucks' best run of the of the season, where they've gone five and two or whatever it is over the last seven, there's still yeah. a ten percent chance to make the playoffs when they're yeah. they're, they're cruising along at the best clip <clears throat> that I, I think they could see. I mean, Jacob Jacob Markstrom. I mean, Thatcher Demko is basically doing a repeat performance of last year. The team is still controlling forty percent of expected goals through this run, right? I mean, they're just they're being held up. You know, Demko yeah. is holding up the corpse of a team. So I really hope that Benning doesn't see this as reason to kind of hold the fort or hold steady or trust his boys or whatever he's going to do. But dear God, man, this is not a playoff team. This is not a team that's going to compete in any facet. I, I just can't see it. So yeah, I mean, seven seven fifty clip you got to play. I believe in Drancer's yeah. latest piece today. I mean. You know, like they they did it last year. I know love, people love to say, "Oh, well, what about the Blues?" Like, let, let's be honest. Like, this team is not that Blues team, right? Like, oh, no, it's just God. even if they made that sort of run, and it would have to be off the back of Thatcher Demko, at least the way they've been playing. I, I think in uh, I read today in 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 Drancer's uh, column today that, that they haven't been outshot in eleven of the last forty nine games they played. Like that's ridiculous. And, and I'm an ex goaltender. I, you know, I loved all the work when I was younger, but like, I mean, this is NHL <laughs> hockey players and you're getting yeah. 50 shots on goal. And you know, people are saying, Oh, get Demko out there. or just play him, play him, play him. And I tweeted, they should start him every single game. I, I was saying that tongue in cheek, like you got to give the guy a rest at some point, especially when he's facing a firing squad, you know, almost mm-hmm. nightly. And in the in the form of the Ottawa Senators, who, <laughs> yeah. who were playing the second night of a back-to-back yeah. as well. And don't get me wrong, they had a big win against Toronto the night before that. But like, this is a team that should be right right for the plucking at that point. And yeah. clearly, they weren't. And you know, Demko was able to save their bacon. Yeah, but isn't that it's kind of embarrassing, right? I mean, Vegas is not the Ottawa Senators, and and Thatcher Demko put you know, is the his second biggest performance in terms of saves against the Ottawa Senators following only Vegas, right? I mean, that's just, it's, it's embarrassing. And for anybody to think that this team uh, can do anything other than sell, I, I, I don't know, man. But what's uh, what the, the Jimmy Feesey thing, it's actually, it's, it's, it's funny to me because he's part of a, a, he's a solution to a problem that I've been thinking about for a while. And, and that is if, if Canucks fans got their wish or some Canucks fans in this base got their wish and they shipped out every free agent, who are they going to play once those guys are gone? Right. That's I mean, good point. Yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's real thin, real quick. And I think this, this fan base has no appetite for Louis Erickson. And that's the guy that's going to be in every single night. If even half of these free agents get shipped out. So, I mean, yeah. Jim Benning kind of has his hands tied. And I mean, I think Aquilini does in the same sense, because even if he wants Benning out and somebody into, to make these moves, I don't think there's any kind of timeline that, that allows for a GM to come in and make any kind of healthy move. Right. Oh, you mean right now? Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah no, the, the, this is Jim Benning's season. Like, he's going yeah. to play out this season, which can be scary to some because, you know, he has their sort of future in his hands right now. But, like, the mixed messaging that you're getting is is bizarre, right? Like, yeah. you know, and I know J-Pat pointed this out the other day on or on the postgame show on Rob, uh, Rob Fay Nation the other night, like, you know, you've got Francesco saying, I don't understand why we played so dismal, but like a few weeks later said, you know, using every excuse, like, Oh, our schedule, the pandemic, you know, no fan. Like, (laughs) it's like, so sorry. You, you answered that question, you know, your own question earlier, like put it this way, the amount of receipts that he's putting out on the internet right now, like people are collecting those, you know? And it's like, it's almost like, maybe we should just take the uh, Twitter away from Francesco until (laughs) the end of the season right now, because it's really not helping matters, but you're absolutely right. Like Benning is going to 
play out this season. You can't bring in a new GM right now. You can't be the Buffalo Sabres over and over again, right? I mean, the Sabres firing Ralph Kruger today. I mean, it's just, I know they're also sad club members and shout out to my boy, Jason Bruff, but you know, this, it is what it is with Benning. He's going to play out the season. The, the fear though is, is he going to make moves that hinder this future? Because let's be honest, one of the things that he was right about in his quite bizarre presser uh, he had, a, what was that, a couple of weeks ago, is that, yeah, they are technically two years away now. Now, I know fans didn't want to hear that, but that's the reality of what they're looking at now. So you really don't want Jim Benning to kind of screw it up any further. Yeah, exactly. And then you, you kind of look at the the three big RFAs this year with Demko, PD, and yeah. Hughes. And I mean, contract strength, contract signing isn't a strength of Jim Benning. But again, Ooh. there's no no time to get somebody in to make those deals for him. So yeah. it's, it's kind of ride or die with Benning this year. And well, it, I it, think you know, uh, sorry to cut you off. I think yeah. that those those contracts now, uh, I would hope at least. I, I'm, yeah. This is not. I hope that it's not Jim Benning that negotiates those contracts. I hope that those contracts, because of the fact that they've been put on the back burner this long now, yeah. you, you know, that, um, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to be any, any rush to get those signed. I mean, I mean the agents, right. Yeah. As far as Demko is concerned, I mean, are they going to play hardball? Are they going to go to arbitration with, with, with like, you don't, you don't yeah. want to do that with mm-hmm. your, and, and don't get me wrong. Like some people are saying, well, just give them the six by six that Markstrom got, but like, you think Demko is going to take a six year contract when there's a flat cap for the next two years. Like he could be cashing in a couple of years from now when the cap is going to grow again, which is exactly what's going to happen. Or I feel is going to happen with Hughes and Patterson as well. Like they're only going to sign a three-year bridge. You know, they're not going to go forward. Like you're not going to be able to buy into their UFA years because they're going to be able to, and, and let's be honest, it would before the pandemic, they were both on, a path of like $10 million players. But yep. then of course the pandemic happens, the flat cap happens, the reality of the economics happen at that point. So say they're seven, $8 million players, still, still quite expensive players, but well worth the money. But that's going to be a bridge because of the fact that, you know, three years from now or whenever the cap actually rises again, they're looking at a huge payday at that point. And it could be up in 11, 12 million. Who knows? I mean, look what Mitch Marner did a couple of years ago when he basically forced the hand of the Leafs. And if you are an RFA back then you're probably like high five in Mitch because he did you a solid, like, you know what I mean? He forced the, the market to kind of go that way. But then of course the pandemic brought it all back. But that being said, three years from now, when things climb again, that's when they'll hit their payday again. So I, I you know, bridge deals 100% for Hughes and Patterson, maybe on a quote unquote discount because of everything that's happening in the world. But if you're the Demko one's going to be quite interesting. And I just hope that it's not, Jim Bannon that negotiates all of those because like you said, that's not his strength and he's got very few strengths to be honest with you. Yeah, and he, he just keeps to keeps chipping out the people that have strengths that match his weaknesses, right? I mean, I'm I'm still choked about Lawrence Gilman going away, whatever that yeah. was five, five years ago, right? I mean, that's, he's exactly what the Canucks need. So LG's, uh, I mean, as, as you know, you know, was able to um, form a relationship with Lawrence when he worked with us yeah. uh, briefly at 10:40 doing the Wednesdays with and and you know. Great guy. Love Lawrence. Great hockey mind. Uh, you know, the fact that Toronto has somebody like that as a, as an AGM when honestly he could be a GM anywhere in the league and be very successful. I have a lot of faith in, in Lawrence Gilman, but you're absolutely right. Like when you're taking your whole front office and it's just down to two guys and the owner, you know, the one, the one fear that I have with this season is 
They go on this run. You know, Demko takes them so far. And, you know, they, they flirt with the playoff bar, perhaps don't get there. And then, you know, our, uh, Francesco goes, well, he kind of got us here. So now it's just, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. are they going to kick the can down the road even further? Right. So, and I could see that happening because, you know, it, it just, it, you just kind of wonder why in with a team that can spend as much money as they want in their front office, choose not to. Now that could be a, a liquidity uh, pro- problem for, for the, uh, for, for the Aquilinis, perhaps. I mean, it's a pandemic. We know their businesses and they're probably hurting as well. So maybe that is the case, or is it something that, you know, the ownership likes to have very few people in there because they want to have their voice heard too. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. No, it's it's a pretty small conference call. <laughs> there, exactly. there, are, there are that many guys on it, and you can spend like you know what I mean. You can spend all you want in your front office, no cap. You know, bring in all these hockey minds, and maybe that's not a great idea because you don't want too many cooks in the kitchen. Sure, but like when it's just Jim and John and and Francesco, I guess that's kind of interesting, you know. That is, man, and it really makes me wonder about uh, Travis Green being a lame duck coach this year. And is is yeah. this is it is it uh, Jim Benning's kind of ace in the hole that he can fire the coach still and hire another coach, and we're going to get right. another year of Benning under a worse coaching staff? Because I'm a yeah. huge fan of Green and what he does with this team. So, man, that is a scenario that very well could happen. You know, who's oh. the scapegoat? It, does that end up being Travis Green? But I, like. Could you not see consumer confidence just taking an absolute dive if that was the case, though? Like you're like yourself, people like Travis Green, you know, and, you know, I mean, NHL head coaches, it's they all kind of coach the same. Like the systems in the NHL are all kind of similar to each other. You know, guys make adjustments in game and some guys are stronger than others. I mean, we saw Green do that in the playoffs last year and he was able to outcoach, um, you know, through the through a few of those series, especially in the St. Louis series. But that said, you know, coaches are hired to be fired, right? And when you don't have success, there it's an easy out for ownership, management, whatever, whoever's making that decision, right? But if Travis Green were to get let go by the uh, the Canucks, there would be a lot of teams lining up for his services. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I know J Pat's been on this for a while, but I think Seattle picking up Travis would be the juiciest of timelines, <laughs> just in terms of drama and rivalry, right? It's, I mean, it's, it's just so delicious, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, be, like it, it's about time the Canucks had an actual rival, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, cause Calgary's tough to be a rival with Edmonton. Like they got the Alberta teams, the, the Toronto thing is sure. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, outside of this year, they don't really play each other that often. So it's, it's kind of cool to have the just two game thing between two fan bases that, well, one that really hates the other, the other, I don't know if the other even knows if they exist but <laughs> but yeah no the the same the uh C- seattle thing excuse me would just be absolutely delicious and it'd be i just love everything that the kraken has done so yep. far like they're kind of just sitting in the weeds going all right like let's see what happens here no head coach yet about to have an expansion draft right i mean you got ron francis in place ron francis is a, a great hockey mind they've got you know people like cammy granado working for them and i got a lot of respect for cammy um, I think they're doing a lot of the right things right now, but things are going to ramp up really quickly for them because they got that expansion draft coming up and you'd think that they'd want to have a head coach 
by that expansion draft just to have some say in you know who they're picking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you think that the coach's input would be a, a big factor in terms of what style they're going to play as a team. So yeah, absolutely. That'd be, that'd be bizarre that they don't have one yet, but it kind of makes you think that they're waiting for somebody who's currently employed, right? They're, they're going to wait well, to make those phone calls. Look who's available right now, right? I mean, Babcock's out there and he's trying to, you know, he's trying to do the Babcock tour to try to, you know, yeah, yeah. clear his name kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you got Gerard Gland who's out there as well. I mean, perhaps... Uh, they look at Claude Julian. I mean, and then Travis Green could be there. I mean, I'm not saying that he would, but he could be there, right? So they've got a list of candidates right now, but maybe they go off the, you know, off the board, you know, and that would be great because, you know, the old hockey clicks that, uh, you know, seem to exist, all the names, the similar names that come up all the time for head coaching mm -hmm. jobs. Maybe Seattle's got somebody else in mind that, you know, nobody has is thinking of right now, or or perhaps uh, maybe not a lot of the hockey fans out there would know. So really yeah, interested yeah. to see where Seattle goes. But I think, yeah, if Travis Green is, is dangling at the end of the season, very good possibility that uh, he just says, you know what, screw this, and, and perhaps goes elsewhere. But being a BC guy and the fact that like there's there's a lot of good pieces in place here, right? Like you've got your two franchise cornerstones with Quinn Hughes, already the best defenseman to ever played for the Canucks. Like, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. And, and, and Pedersen there as well. I mean, Besser's a great talent. Besser's been the MVP of the team this year. Looks like you've got your, you know, future goaltending. You, you know, goaltending though, like Demko could fall off a cliff next year. You know what I mean? And, and like, we've seen it so many times now, though I'm, I'm going to doubt it with Demko because he looks pretty damn good, but we've seen it many times. Right. So um, the pieces are in place there and I could see why Travis Green would want to stick it out even though, you know, it's been kind of rocky as they go through this, uh, what, seven-year rebuild now? What is it? I, I <laughs> it's going to be nine by the time we're done. <laughs> by the time so. it's done, right? So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're getting – I got about another 10 minutes with you here, and I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, switch gears a little bit and touch sure. on your uh, your home team there, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I think they're a pretty good contrast for what's happening with – with the Canucks, I mean, they're, they're basically the exact opposite. The, the Canucks are controlling about 40% of expected goals and they're on a bit of a run. The Leafs are controlling almost 60% of expected goals while they're on a losing streak. I mean, is, yeah. it, is it just Freddie Anderson or what, what, what's your take on it here? Yeah, I mean, the thing about Freddie is, that, like, again, when you talk about scapegoats, like he seems to be the scapegoat, right? And, you know, I think the biggest thing with Freddie Anderson is um, – you know, he can make the saves when it matters, but it's the big moments when you, when you really want them. Right. And you know, that's the playoffs, but this like streak they're on right now, if you look at the, the metrics, like they're outplaying their opponents, they're just not getting the, the PDO, the puck luck. Right. So um, it happens and, and every team has to go through some sort of slump. It's just how you, you know, come out of it at the, on the other side. Right. And, there's always going to be that in the back of at least Leaf fans. I don't think the players or the coaches, but in the back of Leaf fans' mind, they're going to be like, oh boy, here we go, right? Because they've been there and they've done that. They got the t-shirt, right? So yeah. uh, again, uh, it's, it's a very good team. They've got a bit of injury right now. You know, uh, Wayne Simmons coming back. And, and the funny thing about the Leafs too is that like, People scoffed at, you know, oh, they're bringing in Simmons. They're bringing in Thornton. Uh, Spesso was already there. But, like, these are value contracts for yeah. veteran players that are contributing. You know, like, I mean, Wayne Simmons is, is, is a veteran. He's not – he's younger than the, the other two. But, like, Jason Spesso has been great on their fourth line. Um, Joe Thornton has been up and down the lineup, seems to be the kind of guy that doesn't care if he's playing, you know, top line or fourth line. You know, he's producing when he can. He's, he, you know, he's not going to be, have his legs every single night either. Right. So mm -hmm. 
I, I think right now, yeah, with this streak that they're going through, uh, it feels like it's just something that every team has to go through. If you look at the underlying numbers, like you mentioned, they're strong. Like they're, they are outplaying their opponents. The game uh, the other night, I mean, you get two quick goals against Hutchinson by the Sens. You give a team like the Sens a little bit of life, like they're, they're going to go at you because they're young and they got, they, they're, they, they have nothing to play for, like outside of pride and, yep. you know, sort of, you know, building themselves to be um, where they want to be in a couple of years. And they will be that team. Like they've got a lot of good young prospects. And, you know, as far as the Leafs are concerned, it, it really doesn't matter what happens here in the regular season. It's all about what happens in the playoffs. And honestly, in a season like this, like even if they win a first round, even if they win the second round, it, they, they have to make the cup. Like it, it's, it's cup or bust for them because hmm. that team is, it's just, it's just built that way. Like, I don't even know if they'll have that same roster any other season. Like Zach Hyman could be gone next year. You know, he's going to be a, a piece on the, on the uh, UFA market that people are going to look at. Now, is he a $5 million player? Like if a team gives him that, I don't think the, the, the Leafs can give him that. Right. So this might be the last time the sort of band can all be together. They've got Freddie Anderson to figure out as well in the off season. So yeah, this is, this is cup or bust for them. And honestly, if they don't win the cup, they're going to hear about it because everybody gets told, Oh, they're, they're this juggernaut, you know? Yeah. And it's like, but if, I mean, how can you be a juggernaut if you don't have a Stanley cup? Right. Like, and mm. by the way, good luck beating Tampa this year, man. Cause Tampa right. looks pretty damn good. Yeah, <laughs> man. And they, they have this guy named Kucherov who's just sitting in the wings, man. Exactly, to come back. Right? Yeah. Like, it's like, there's their, you know, pick up mid season or whatever UFC, <laughs> UFA signing. And Vasilevsky yeah. just doing unbelievable oh. things this year. And, yeah. and also I mean, there's other teams too. Like Carolina's got tons of, like, I love watching the hurricanes and they're doing it with James Reimer and like James Reimer is actually playing better this season than Freddie Anderson, which, I mean, if you're a Leaf fan, yeah. like, oh my God, you have to be kidding me, right? But that, that's the Leafs luck in a nutshell right there, right? I mean, yeah, that's, that's they lost to a Zamboni track. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> no other team has had that. <laughs> no, man, you guys are going to carry that for another 50 for sure. That's, that's, oh, a, that's a pretty big Unless game. they win a cup. Like, that doesn't go away unless yeah. they win a cup, right? Like, it's, that's, and so, you know, the re- the fan you know fans that don't like the Leafs are just like yeah hope they don't win this year <laughs> you know so it is what it is man you know, but it's, it's definitely good for hockey when they're at least moderately successful right it gives uh the yeah. even the haters have to have some more more ammunition for them uh, yeah. how do you see the, uh, the the trade deadline playing out for the Leafs I mean the, hearing these Matthias Ekholm rumors which I think would be he'd be an awesome fit for the Leafs I don't know what the yeah. cost would be but yeah. he'd fit in nice there but I mean how, how do you see the deadline playing out yeah I don't see Ekholm I don't see a I don't see a, a forward or excuse me a defenseman of um, that ilk at all I yeah. you know I, I think they're pretty solid on their D actually they're able to move Letton in and that was a solid by them because he was much sought after from, you know, teams because of the fact of the success that he had in the K, but Travis Dermott was just beating him out. So they basically did good by him. They, they liked the goaltender. They, they I can't pronounce his name, but they liked the goaltender they picked up. Uh, he'll probably shift into the Hutchinson role because Michael Hutchinson's just, you know, he's, he's just not reliable. Right. And, and I'm talking third goaltender here. So it's not really all that crazy. Um, as far as their trade deadline, you know, who they're going to go after, I think it's going to be like that, that, that top nine-ish forward, like the kind of forward that, you know, has enough skill if you need to put him up front and play him with either Matthew's line or Tavares's line and has enough um, defensive 
sort of game to be able to, to play down in the lineup as well in the third line. So, uh, you know, Grandland in, in, in Nashville would be a good pickup for them. I'm here in uh, Palmieri in, in New Jersey. I think that might be a, a little tougher to get because, you know, he's, he's a very nice player. I mean, Grandland, it looks like the Predators have a for sale sign on their lawn anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right, you might be able to get them for a little less. Um, just hearing, though, from, you know, circles around the, around the Leafs that, you know, Sandine is off the list. So your biggest sort of prospect trade chip, there doesn't look like they're going to be willing to move him. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, it'll be, they'll, they'll be willing to move a first rounder because they should be like, if you're in that window right now, like yeah. look at Tampa Bay, like Tampa Bay traded what two first round picks last year, I believe yep. uh, to get those extra pieces in uh, Coleman and uh, I'm forgetting uh, that's right yep. on the other. So, you know, these, these are the kind of pieces that you, you, you got to do that when, when your window is open and, and let's be honest in the NHL, that window doesn't open for very long. Like, even if you have Matthews, Marner, Nylander, all these guys that they have, you all have these support pieces around them, like the Hymans, like I mentioned, <clears throat> perhaps Freddie Anderson, if, if they if they don't feel that, you know, that they can sign him for one or if he's worth signing. So, you know, you got to strike while the iron's hot. So I could see, yeah, I could see a forward and I could see someone of like Granlin or Paul Mary. Uh, I don't think Taylor Hall is a good solution, and which sounds so weird no. because – He's such a you know good hockey player. I mean, former uh, Hart Trophy winner, um, but he just doesn't seem to be that piece that they need. They need that guy that can can kind of go up and down the lineup. I would love Paul yeah. Mary from from New Jersey. We'll see if they can pull him out of there though, because he that guy bleeds red like he's he's a devil through and through, right? Yeah, and I'm not sure how Maple Leafs fans see Zach Hyman, but when I watch him play, I think every team could use about 14 of that guy. I mean, yeah. he's, he's exactly yeah. what most NHL NHL teams need. So, I mean, but, the fact that you might lose him next year, that's got to be pretty jarring. Well, yeah, and the, pro the problem with him, though, is that he's the classic guy that some team overpays for, yep. right? Like, so he's, yeah, you're, everything you said is like, you know, he can put the puck in the net. Like every time you watch a Leaf game, he's all over the place. Like he's just one of those guys that everybody loves because, you know, he brings the lunch bucket every every night and just goes to work. Right. But he's also the kind of guy that also cashes in, um, you know, maybe takes that extra million to go somewhere and yeah. perhaps isn't the right fit for that. But, you know, when you're an NHL hockey player, you're again talking about windows. Those windows are only open for so long, especially your earning power, right? Yeah. And when it's time to to cash in, you can't really blame a guy. You know, maybe perhaps going somewhere that wasn't as good of a fit for you, but money wise is better for your family and your 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 future, right down the road. Yeah. So this is one thing that you know people don't understand about that sometimes is that the the humanity of the whole thing, right? Like if someone said to you, "Hey, man, I'm going to pay you double." to move to Toronto or, or pay a three times. You're like, you might be like, yeah, all day. let's go to the <laughs> six. Let's go to the city. You know what I mean? And yeah. you might not even like it there. Right. But you love that paycheck every two weeks. So yeah, yeah it, it, it could, it could be interesting to see what happens with Hyman. I, I think he's a four, four and change player. Brandon but, Tanev, I mean, right. Pretty good comparable. Exactly. But yeah. will they, will they, will, you know, will his camp feel that and will other teams feel that right. So it's to be determined. I mean, and even at $4 million, is that a, a contract the Leafs can bear when it's going to be a flat yeah. cap for the next four, right? Exactly. And that's why, you know, that's why you, that's why I liked a lot of the moves that they did in the offseason because they just, you know, 700000 700000 900000 I, I believe Simmons is like a mil and a half or something. Like, 
like just going in and and there was some risk involved with that. I mean, they're signing a 39 year old Joe Thornton, which was easy for people to be like, what the hell are they doing signing yeah. Joe Thornton? But when you, when you look at the, the production, you go, well, for, I think he's making 775 K or something like that. That's that's good value right there. Right. So yeah. going all the way back to our conversation, that's what I like about the VC when they picked up VC at the start of the year. I, okay. Good depth. You know, like just, just get depth. Cause as you've seen yeah. with the Canucks, they don't have depth and they, they need that depth, you know? Yeah. So, but as, as with the Canucks too, I'm, I'm really interested to see if like a guy like Colin perhaps gets a, gets a shot at some point this year. I know uh, being down in Utica, there's going to be that, you know, you're going to have to get him up here and, and do the quarantine and whatnot. And maybe that loosens up over the next little while. We'll have to see, yeah, but man. it would be nice to, to just get a little taste of what is it? I heard Jonah Gadjevich is doing good stuff down in Utica as well. Maybe, you know, there's a guy you take a look at because yeah, like if you're going to be a seller here at the deadline and, and Pearson is going to go, you know, VC is there in place. Well, that opens up perhaps another door. Uh, would love to see them be able to shed some of the real dead weight. Oh. Like, well, the Louis Erickson's <laughs> of the world, the Jay Beagles, the Antoine Roussels. But yeah, I think the reality is that uh, they're sticking with you for the long haul. That's that's it, man. <laughs> and I, I mean, Benning couldn't come out and say it, but we all know that the Louis Erickson contract is up in, in two years, right? But just to, in, in terms of the, the, the Cole Lynn thing, I mean, I think he's super intriguing, but uh, they've yeah. kind of built the entire offense around him in Utica this year, right? They shifted him to center. They built the first unit power play around him. He's playing first line minutes. So I think they'd be pretty reticent to take two weeks of that development away just to bring him up. But yeah, That's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, you, you never know if they do make some real moves and they're desperate here. I mean, who else are they going to pull on from the farm, right? They, they, they're they're going to have to make those kinds of moves. Well, that's true. And, and, and yeah, like, yeah, if the quarantine does um open up like relax get relaxed a little bit then yeah i could definitely see that happening at that point yeah. but again what are they though are they going to be buyers or sellers i mean and when you hear jim go well we work day to day i'm sorry like that just doesn't fly no it way. doesn't like to to admit that we work day to like so you don't have any plans for the future you're just gonna <laughs> let like come on jim like you know, there's got to be a better way to say that. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. You know, like when I was listening to him talk, and he's just such a bad public speaker. I think yeah. he gets nervous yeah. and he doesn't know what to say in order to kind of appease all, all the different sides. So I just try and give him the most charitable interpretation. And when I heard him say that. I was thinking, you know, first it's like, dear God, that's a bad, that's a bad look. But then maybe, maybe what he's saying is that all of the GMs in the league are live a bit day to day and what the value might be being offered for Pearson today is going to be different than tomorrow. Yeah, good point. Yeah, exactly. maybe that's yeah. what he's yeah. saying, but yeah. he didn't phrase it like that at all. And he just, he just threw out raw wheat and raw meat for the wolves to get them for, for the next uh, half Boy, of the did season, the wolves so. get their belly full that night. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> oh man. Well, Andrew, man, I, I know you have a tea time here and uh, yeah. it's, it's been a pleasure to talk talk to you as always man thank you so much for coming on uh, people can follow you at andrew wadden on twitter uh, any anywhere else, anywhere else or anything else going on you want to let people know about yeah just uh stay tuned there's uh, a lot of big things happening uh, a lot of the uh, your favorite names from uh, 1040 are going to start popping up around and um you know when you do see um what comes of it i know matt and blake have announced uh, that they've got this podcast that they're doing so please uh subscribe to that wherever you listen uh to your podcast and of course uh, i want to say congratulations to uh donnie dolly and and hendo because they've got their new thing with check tv which is really exciting uh interested to hear what's going to come with uh halford and bruff as well um so yeah i i, I think your favorite uh uh, broadcasters are going to be popping back up again and of course it'll be on different platforms but you know that's just the way things are going nowadays and um i'm excited to see uh, where everybody lands and uh, excited about you know what's in store for me in the future as well 
Yeah, me too, man. We'll uh, we'll definitely all keep our eyes peeled. I know we're all uh, all with bated breath waiting to see where you guys land. So th- thanks again, man, for coming on. Really appreciate it. And uh, good luck on the team. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> all right, buddy. Bye. <laughs>